Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
So last week, we started a mini-series on uh, waiting, right? The, the principle of waiting, that God works in the waiting. And we talked about the frustration of waiting last week. Uh, you know, we um, oftentimes, uh, when it comes to waiting on the Lord, um, we display either a lack of patience or because we are used to, and we live in a society that uh, where everything is just like at your fingertips and it happens and it happens quickly that we get used to that mindset. We get used to, to a, um, you know, you, you call for something and you get it. You know, you want food and you order it and 30 minutes later is 
prepped and cooked for you. Uh, if you want to know the weather, you can pick up the phone and, and talk to your phone. There's just so many technological advancements that have also made it very easy for us to develop a, uh, a little bit of an impatient mindset. Um, you know, it's a, uh, a, a, oftentimes, Lois and I, my wife and I talk about uh, the microwave mindset that we have as believers, right? You just like stick it in the microwave and, and 60 seconds later, you have a fully baked meal. And that's just not the way that it works with God. You know what? Uh, we shared a little bit about Satan's goal from the very beginning, in, back into the garden. His goal was to do, number one, to entice men, to start making you think that what God was actually saying was not truth. And then he would take God's word and twist what God had said in order to turn it to his own benefit and his own purposes. And, and so uh, we talked about the fact that waiting can be hard. And it can be hard, and it is hard. But waiting for the believer is essential because God is not concerned with time as we are. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan said it this way. He said, waiting for God is not laziness. And I think some of us struggle with that concept, right? Because we think that waiting is just like being still and doing nothing. Waiting on God Waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Same thing, right? You can't just stop and seize all activities thinking that that equates with waiting on God. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Guys, we can't stop functioning because we have decided and we have said to ourselves, well, i got to wait on the Lord. I can't do anything. I cannot act. I cannot speak. I can't pray. I can't. There's nothing I want to do right now. Waiting for God means this. First, activity under command. So you don't act unless God says go, right? And then it says readiness for any new command that may come. So you have a sense in which you're not only waiting and you've gotten your command and you're going forward, but you're also on the alert to say, if God changes anything, I am ready to I'll pivot to whatever God says. And then, third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. And that is where we sometimes get into, ourselves into trouble. That's where we get ourselves into trouble because we act as if we are like we, we think we heard God's voice. And, and the challenge in that is that we don't stop oftentimes and we say, you know what, that did not work. I did not really hear God speak to me and admit that we have failed in that process. It's hard. Um, I shared with you something that I wrote down back in 2019 when I uh, started thinking about the concept of waiting, and, and um, I want to share that again. Uh, when we learn to relinquish control of our lives to God, we build a new level of trust, maturity, and character that will enable us to experience and enjoy God's blessings in the waiting. God is interested in our character, in maturing us, in bringing us to a place, and he can trust us as much as we need to trust him. And so 
today we're going to talk a little bit more about the blessings of what it means to wait on the Lord. Uh, Warren Worsby, one of my favorite um, author and biblical commentator, said this. The ability to calm your soul and wait before God is one of the most difficult things in the Christian life. This is, I mean, I don't know if there any words could be truer than this. It is hard. It's hard when we are like gung-ho, ready to go, like guns are blazed and off. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. You know, what is it? What, what you got for me? I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. Our own nature is restless. The world around us is frantically in a hurry, but a restless heart usually leads to a reckless life. And I want us to be aware that today God does not want to box us into taking actions and steps that would uh, endanger us into living a reckless life because we just think that that's just the way that, that things should go. I need to take this action. I need to move in this direction. Just sit and wait on God. Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2, give us a very interesting picture. Uh, David, the psalmist, says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of a slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on the rock, and he gave me a first place to stand. Now, I have read Psalm 40 more times than I can tell you. You know what's been my focus every single time I've read some Psalm 40? You can see the one there. I with a patient for the Lord. Okay, yeah. Uh, he turned and heard my cry. Oh, yeah, he turned to me. So that means that God is listening to me. It's a good thing, right? He heard my cry. He heard me praying. That's good. I want God to hear me when I pray. I think that's a good thing, right? Would you agree? Are you with me? Right. Okay, great. Now, then he lifted me out of the slimy pit. No, never mind that. Out of the mucket. No, okay. He set my feet on a rock. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, setting my feet on a rock is a good thing. It speaks of stability. It speaks of strength. It's a, it's a place of strength. So I'm on a rock now. And he gave me a firm place to stand. Oh, glory to God. That sounds so good, right? But we forget, where was David when he was saying that? Let's go back. Let's, re, let's go rewind this tape. I'm like, okay, he is waiting patiently, first and foremost. Patiently. Waiting on God. Patiently waiting on God. You see, patience brings waiting on the Lord into a whole new level. We begin to see things differently. Why is it? So, that you might, might ask. Why is waiting on God that brings patience to a new level? Because, I'll tell you why. Because when you're five minutes of waiting on God, you're 15 minutes of waiting, you're like, you're praying, you're believing, and you're, you know, you're asking God, okay, God, let's do this. Let's get it done. Okay, God, I need you to touch my son, I need you to touch my daughter. I need a new job. I need that opportunity to open up. I need you. I, I, I need, right? 
We're praying. We're believing God. And so we're there, and it's like 15 minutes go by, and then 30 minutes go by, and then maybe two hours go by, and then perhaps two days go by, or two months. How about five years? How about 10? What happens at that point? That's when we start questioning. And God is saying, I want you to wait for me patiently. Can we bring that verse up again? I want you to wait for me patiently. Patiently. Don't move until I say so. Also, where was David in that verse? Look at it again. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of mud, and out of mire. I don't know about you. I think that that sounds a pretty stagnant, as one of those key words that Laura mentioned, stagnant places. In muck and mire, things don't move very quickly. It's the quicksands of waiting on God that we absolutely detest. I do. I don't know about you. I'm just being honest. I don't like waiting. I like things done in a jiffy. Let's go. You know, I don't know about you, but have you ever, ever eaten anything that was slimy? Gross, isn't it? I was just trying to think of like, He's in a slimy pit. I can barely put anything slimy in my mouth. And can you imagine living in that condition? Spiritually speaking, things are just gross. Our issue is when we face slimy situations, and I think we all do at some point or another, here's what we do. We don't wait patiently on God. We go to Amazon and find a book, How to Get Out, of a slimy situation. Five golden rules getting out of a slimy situation. That's our problem. We just want things done, and so we look for quick ways out. And that doesn't always equate with God actually giving you the answer that you need to get you in a place of firm place to stand on a solid rock. He's saying, hey, wait a minute, wait. Wait. Now, I want to be realistic. It's not all rosy on the other side of waiting. It's hard. It's hard to have the right perspective when you're in that quicksand, as I was saying before, of despair and discouragement, and you're gasping for air, and you're really looking for God to give you an answer. Can I have a witness in here? Is there anybody that has been right where I have been? And so we're trying, God, where are you? And we're not getting anything. Waiting, you see, can be the equivalent of lack of clarity. Waiting may not necessarily be nighttime or daytime. It's just a cloudy, shadowy, kind of like outside today. Maybe you're not getting that full downpour of rain. It's just that drizzle that's just like, ugh. And so I want to 
spend a couple of minutes today to just really get us into a place where we understand that wedding does not have to be a very frustrating thing. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, Paul reminds us of this. He says, for now we, only, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am known fully. And so don't think that your condition is unique to yourself. There are many who face similar circumstances as they wait on the Lord. So what are some of the blessings of waiting? We talked about the difficulty of waiting last week. If you have not had a chance to... Uh, to uh, listen to that message you were not here last week, go into our YouTube channel, check that out, and they'll give you a little bit of a better idea. But today we're going to talk about the blessings of waiting. And the first thing that I want to mention is that waiting uh, will build strength in you to hope in God. It will build strength to hope in God. And I, I want you to know that I'm using these uh, words that it will, because when we begin to be biblical Christians that actually look at what the Bible says as opposed to starting with our feelings and then going forward, right? We start with the Word of God as our guiding principle and then we move forward, that all of those uncertainties will turn into will, because God will build strength in you to hope. In Psalm 33 and verse 20, it says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. So let me ask you a simple question. How do you wait? How do I wait on God? What is our stance, our position? Do we grumble in the waiting? Do we complain wondering why isn't God moving fast enough? Or do we hope in waiting? The, the psalmist here says, we wait in hope. We wait in hope. And when you wait in hope, God will, all of a sudden, something rises inside of us, right? I don't know if you've had that feeling inside of you. But when I have waited for God, and I had that, that certainty, something inside of me started rising up. It's called faith. It's called faith. Right? Faith rises inside of you and it gives you hope to believe that God has not abandoned you right where you're at, where things are just like in total despair. But God is bringing you out of that slimy pit, out of that muck and mire, and lifting you up on a solid place because you're now waiting with hope in your heart. And hope, the Bible says, does not disappoint us. Uh, we don't have this on the screen, but this is a, I, I, I thought about it, I thought about it, and I'm like, I, I, we got to read this. Uh, it's Psalm 130. If you have your Bibles, you know, we say if you have your Bibles, it should be, please turn your Bibles to uh, Psalm 130, or just turn on your phone, Bible app. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. It says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Isn't that powerful? I wait, my soul waits. When you see that re repetition, it's trying to make a point. 
My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Can't put your hope in the man's words. We can't put our hope in man's plans and ideas of how things should be done. Put your hope in the Lord and in his word. Verse 6, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. Wow. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. Is that the sense of hope and anticipation that you have when you wait on the Lord? If you do not, you need to choose to wait on God patiently and with hope and not stop hoping. God knows, my dear friend, where you're at God knows the direction that you have already started going. He knows what you need. He's not out of resources. He's not out of strength. He's not out of power. And he can give you as much hope as you need in your heart as you wait patiently on him. And so when we do, God will build patience in us, which will lead us to the next benefit. And that is waiting will lead to expectation. When you have hope, right, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's an excitement that happens. You know, this, that's called expectation. Psalm 5 and verse 3 says this. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. If we have that expectation before God, man, there's, you know, it, there's something changes. In your outlook, you don't face the day like you're dragging because things are just so bad around you and things are not happening at the speed at which you want them to happen. But you have an expectation that God is making a way as you are praying and believing that he will. Now, we can either wait expectantly on God or we can mumble, we can argue with God, but you know, one thing I know, 1 Corinthians 4 and 5 tells us that God will bring to light anything and everything that is hidden. He will expose our motives. And when we learn to wait on God for whatever it is, our motives are very important. Right? So when the hours turn into days and days turn into months and months turn into years, that's when the motives are not right. We get very frustrated, angry at God, disappointment with God. I think Philip Yancey wrote that book, Disappointment with God, with a very specific purpose in mind. Probably people that are impatiently waiting on God. You know, waiting on God must lead us to expectation and hopefully it will bring us to joy. You know, um, our daughter, uh, Jordana, she was here uh, a couple of weeks ago. She came for, our, uh, um, for a shower for our son and, and daughter-in-law. By the way, they had their baby uh, last Monday. Everything went great. Thank you so much for praying. Uh, but, um, you know, Jordana, a, a lot of people don't know. Some of you might know that I've seen her, her journey. She waited seven years with her husband to have a child. 
And they went through a number of difficulties in the process. You know, Lois and I know because many nights we would be on the phone with her and her husband as they were crying and wondering why, why there were words, prophecies that were spoken to them that they would have a child within, you know, the next year, and that didn't happen, why things were not taking place the way that they expected that they would happen. And so that many times led to such disappointment. But, you know, we're so proud for them, and we just, you know, we just told them, look, don't give up hope. Keep on believing that God is a God of the impossible. You know what happened? Can you put that picture up? There she is. There's our beautiful granddaughter. And we love her. Her name is Juniper. And we call her Junie. And she is just like a bundle of joy. She wakes up in the morning and she's smiling. She wakes up after a nap and she's smiling. She doesn't know how to do anything but smile. And you know what? That's what we do. We smile all the time when we see pictures of our. We're grateful. God does answer prayers if we learn to maintain a positive and expectant attitude before God. Time is the most precious currency that we have. But you know what? To God, time is not a problem. He can and will use anything for, his good, for our good and for the good of those who love him, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. That reminds us of that. So keep your expectations high. Keep serving God with joy and gladness in your heart. And keep on hoping that, that with a sense of expectation that God is going to accomplish what he said. Uh, <clears throat> number three, waiting will increase our patience. Hmm, okay. What do you mean? Yeah, it will. Trust me. Um, Romans 8, verses 24 and 25 says this, For in this hope we were saved. But hope is not seen, uh, sorry, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they have already, uh, for what they already have? But if we hope, for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So it can be one of those verses that's like, like running in circles. It, what it, this verse is basically saying is like, okay, wait, wait a minute. So if you want to have increasing patience as you're waiting on God, and you're waiting patiently before the Lord, right? If you already know the outcome of a situation, would you wait patiently? No, you wouldn't. So what he's saying here is that who hopes for what they already have? If you have it, if you can see it, right? Okay, you order a pizza and the driver from Uber Eats is like on your driveway. You can smell it. You can taste that pizza almost. I'm like, ha I can't wait. I'm like starved, you know? Open up the Coca-Cola, ready for that first bite, right? You already know. It's right there in front of you. It doesn't require a whole lot of faith. What he is saying is that, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That is when 
patience gets increased. It grows in our lives because now we are waiting with a sense of expectation. When we embrace waiting, we will be stretched. You are going to be stretched. God is going to ask you to wait on him with patience, and that is not an easy thing to do. You know what the word waiting actually means in the original language? Listen to this. It means to twist, to stretch, to twist and stretch until you have been proven to have endured. I waited patiently for the Lord. Oh, yeah, Lord Jesus, I thank you. We're like, oh, yeah, oh, we're, and then God starts twisting you and turning you and making things a little harder. And you're like, I waited patiently for the Lord. And all of a sudden, the hands don't go up anymore because we're not seeing what we expected to see in the time, I'm going to repeat that same thing over and over again, in the time frame that we expected it to see in. And so we get frustrated. But you know what God is doing? God is causing his perfect purposes in your life come to pass. He is twisting and turning and making you to be more like him. Our ultimate goal has got to be to resemble Jesus. And whatever the cost, we have got to embrace the process. And we don't like the process. We like the blessing. But the process, ah. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 26 reminds us that it is good to wait patiently on the Lord. In fact, there's a, there's a, a, a version of the Bible that says it is good to wait quietly before the Lord. You know how the way that I envision it? Excuse my... Uh, language, but you know, sometimes God needs to look at us and say, hey, shut up and wait. Lamentations 3.26, it's in the Bible. I said it. Be quiet, shut up, and wait. We don't like that. Like, we get startled that God would actually think something like that. But you know what? In today's language, Lamentations 3 and verse 26 basically says that. Be quiet. Stop talking, stop acting, stop doing anything. Just wait on me. Remember, God's delays are not his denials. They're not. They're not. He will increase our patience as we learn to wait on him. Patience is the key. Lastly, waiting will lead us to trust God above Anything and everyone else, it will lead us to trust God above all. In Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 17, it says this, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from his descendants, the descendants of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. Learning to trust is the key to seeing God move in our lives. Why trust? Because when we trust we place our confidence in God. We place our trust in someone that is able to accomplish any and everything. In fact, he's able to accomplish the impossible. What we deem 
oftentimes to be impossible situations. God specializes in those situations. Of course, we may still feel that at times God is hiding his face from us. You know, we know that in this verse in Isaiah clearly says that who is hiding his face from the descendants of Jacob. And God sometimes appears that way as if his face is hidden from us. Like we cannot sense him. That is an expression that basically says, I can't feel God. I can't see God. Where are you? But he's not always hiding his face from us. He is wanting us to wait on him. God will not abandon you. God has not abandoned you. God has not given up on you. He has not turned a deaf ear on you. He has not turned his face from you. You may think that all those sleepless nights where you have prayed and asked God to give you those answers that you're waiting for are a waste of time. They are not. God is working his character in you. He is increasing your trust in him. And most of all, he is probably and hopefully going to kill the flesh in us so that we can look more like Jesus in the end. Now, friends, what dreams have you given up on because you stopped believing and trusting in God? What ministry opportunities or maybe business ventures you have given up on because you're not willing to let go of your plans and allow his plans to come to the forefront? Lamentations 3 and 37 says this, who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Can we start with that premise? That means that if God says it, there ain't a single person on this earth, no demon in hell, and not anybody that can hinder the purposes of God. If he has decreed it, it will be so. It will happen because God says it. God allows us to wait Oftentimes because our identity is wrapped around what we are seeking more than the person that we should be seeking. You may have dreams and aspirations, and that's totally fine. But you've got to follow God first and foremost. Because God will then give you God-driven goals and dreams and aspirations. They're not going to be just whims or wishes, or wishful thinking. It's got to be birthed out of God. And so start small. Don't start with, you know, I, in, in, we get to talk to a lot of people. You know, and over our, our 30 plus years of ministry, we've talked to so many people that have like given us the picture of what they want to see. And it's like this ginormous dream. It's like, it's like someone that wants to learn how to operate a computer, and they are just going to buy Microsoft to do so. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know, how about you go buy a, you know, a PC at Best Buy down the road? It'll cost you 500 bucks, and it'll be a heck of a lot cheaper, so that if that doesn't work out, you can do something else. We got to start right. 
And so don't just follow wishful thinking. Start small. Adventures don't always go at the speed of our desires, especially when at times those wishes and desires that we have are outside of our comfort zone or our expertise. You say, man, this sounds all great, but like, where is that in the Bible? Well, let me give you a couple of little scenarios. How many of you remember that in the garden there was a promise back when the serpent deceived the woman? And God told that God said that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, right? What was that a promise of? It was a promise of Jesus. How many thousands of years went by? I don't know, but a few. It didn't happen at the speed of our desire or their desire. You know, in Isaiah chapter 7 is a beautiful promise of the coming of the Messiah. How many hundreds of years happened from that promise to Jesus coming on the earth? 700 years. People were waiting for the fulfillment of that promise, but they had to wait. They had to wait 700 years. I don't want to wait 700 years for that. That's crazy stuff. Me either. Abraham and Sarah. You know how many years they waited for the promise of their son Isaac to come? 25 years before Isaac came. Joseph waited 13 years, mostly in prison, to see the fulfillment of his dreams. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that she waited 12 years for her miracle to happen. And we want things now, but she had to wait 12 years, and she had to wait in obscurity and shame and guilt and living a social life of isolation. The paralytic man, 38 years he was paralytic before Jesus was born on the earth. He waited 38 years to hear the words from Jesus, pick up your mat and walk. Let me conclude with this. The family was on vacation on a lake one summer, and dad was puttering at the boathouse. He was working on his stuff. He had two sons, one 12 years old and one three-year-old, and they were just playing down the dock. They were just having fun. The 12-year-old was supposed to be watching his younger brother of three. But suddenly, the little boy wanted to see what was at the end of the dock, and so he got a little too close to the edge, and he fell into the water. As soon as he fell, the splash alerted the 12-year-old brother that ran and could not see his brother. He was like sinking quickly into the water. And so he started screaming for his dad, and dad came running out of the boathouse and ran to the end of the dock to see what was happening. And he saw that his little boy had fallen in the water, and so he jumped into the water. And he started trying to feel. He went all the way to the bottom where he could not see him. He, could, he was trying to feel the bottom of the, of the lake to see what was happening. If he was there, he could not feel him. He came up and he went right back down again and he could not feel him. And he came up, up for the third time and then he started following the post of the dock and then 
suddenly he realized his son was hanging on to the post of the dock for dear life because he did not want to sink. When he brought him up, he asked his, his son, he said, what in the world were you doing hanging on to that pole all your time? And little Billy, his name, looked at his dad and he said, Dad, I was just waiting for you. He had a certainty and an assurance that God, that, that Daddy would be there. And I want to ask you that question today. Do you have that certainty, that assurance that God has not abandoned you in your waiting, in your hard situations that you're going through, in the difficulties that you're facing? Are you hanging on? Are you hanging on to God's love, to his promises? Are you hanging on? Are you just letting yourself be drowned in the lake of frustration and disappointment and disillusionment? Because God is there. And sometimes you just need to look up and let go and trust that he's got you. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.